What's up, everyone? Welcome to another week of Locked On Bucks. Uh, Milwaukee right in the middle of a two-game set with the Charlotte Hornets. We got another classic Giannis performance from the box score perspective. He put up big numbers in the uh, opening loss to Charlotte. We'll lead up to the next game. We'll give an update on the injury report. And we'll break down some of these role players that have been getting opportunities and some maybe not taking the opportunities so far. But we're going to look into that a little bit more as we move on to this game against Charlotte. So let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win show daily and also find my work over at espn and joining me from the bucks radio network our great friend justin garcia uh every time there's a road trip i always think about you you're still blogging the hours you're still putting in the work but you're not actually in the arena and we've seen a little bit of this over the last season or two but a weird double header in one city uh, they just came off a similar set in orlando now they're in charlotte uh, not the best start, and it's always weird with all these injuries and, and guys coming in and out. But I guess, first of all, do you like these little quirks on the schedule that they've brought in? Um, Yeah, I don't mind them. At first, when like last year was really when they were introduced, and it was like, this is weird. Why are we doing this? Uh, now it's nice, and I think uh, Dave and probably Lisa as well, who I know both listen to this show regularly, I'm sure they would say, hey, I love it because it means – two straight games where I'm focused on prepping for the same team. Um, what two of the three that they've had have been against Orlando. That's obviously it's great for the Bucks record, but in terms of entertaining basketball, you could do without it. It also seems like I was talking about this with Dave before the game on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, it seems like when they've had these, and I believe this is the third one they've had uh, it's coming at a time when they're dealing with a lot. I mean, all season long, but they're dealing with injuries. It seems like that they had that certainly um, the first matchup with the magic. And then obviously what they're going through now with no backcourt. So that's been the one drawback we've really seen. The guard rotation is just decimated right now. Uh, we should say, of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. And I told Justin this beforehand. I am very aware and I'm always very open about this. I think I need some, a new laptop. Uh, I tweeted about it. There's been equipment issues, internet issues. I'm telling you, if the audio isn't perfect, it's not through lack of effort. We're working through that. And I do wonder with Lisa, you mentioned they're in Charlotte for a couple of days there. I wonder if Lisa is getting stuck into the Bojangles uh, chicken. That's honestly one of the only things I can remember from All-Star Weekend a couple of years ago when we got there. Everyone was getting into that. Um, so, yeah, pretty. it was pretty tasty as far as, as far as the food you can purchase at an All-Star game. So I wonder. I wonder if Lisa's into that. I know she. I know she listens to the show when she gets the opportunity. There's a day off, Lisa, so no excuse why you wouldn't listen to to Locked On Bucks, right? I mean, what else? What else could she possibly be doing? Let's touch on the injury report. There are some updates here, and as always, it's very, very difficult to keep track of this. So Pat Connaughton, who has been in the health and safety protocols, is questionable for this game against Charlotte, uh, which I have to assume 
I, I, look, out. I think so because, and the yeah. reason I would suggest that is because if you're in the health and safety protocols, uh, obviously didn't travel with the team. They're going to be doing some testing. Are you going to fly him out there for one game against Charlotte? I, I, look, I would think not. Uh, for, to, you wouldn't rush him in uh, coming off COVID, but we'll see. But then you still have Grayson Allen is out. George Hill is out. Drew Holiday tested out of the protocols. That's the good news. The bad news is he actually is dealing with a left ankle injury. He hasn't been able to have a good run at it this year, despite the fact when he's been on the court, he's been awesome. But then the good news is that there's no Dante on the injury report. And look, we just cross our fingers for him. He's had some horrific luck, whether it was the timing of the COVID, whether it was the ankle injury in the warm-up. Uh, he deserves some good luck. But I think more than anything, the Bucks need some guard depth right now it is slim pickings um yeah and i was very surprised by the um the dante not even appearing on the injury report because the initial report that we heard was none of us saw the injury happen as, as it happened during the warm-ups um but the injury the initial report we heard was it was going to be two to three weeks which yeah. two weeks would be this upcoming saturday so I kind of assume just the way that they've been overly cautious with all guys, but especially Dante and anybody coming back from injury, it was probably going to be closer to three weeks. So to see him off the injury report, great, because they desperately need not only backcourt depth, but you know what Dante brings is one of the things that you know we've seen the last three games, more than three games, we've seen since January 1st. It's really been missing. And that's just that disruptor, that the guy that isn't, uh, the catch-and-shoot guy in the backcourt that Dante can generate offense in other ways and what he brings defensively. I mean, having another ball handler is great, but he checks off all the boxes that nobody else does on this roster in the backcourt. I think the good news, and we knew this straight away, they, they kind of yeah, identified this or made it public. And, you know, shout out to the Bucks some public information about injuries, crazy stuff. But they said... That yes, it was the surgically repaired ankle, but it was just a straight-up ankle sprain. There was no further yeah. damage, which those injuries, as anyone that most people have sprained an ankle from time to time, it can be a couple of days and you're feeling great. It can be a couple of weeks. So I guess the timing there is hard to say. And you're right, they've taken no risks with him. Uh, you talk about the Bucks and having a ball handler, and it's been super interesting. I mean, you look at the starting lineup they had in this Charlotte game, Bobby, uh, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Wesley Matthews, and Jordan. So there's no traditional point guard. I found it fascinating. And I did finally, for the first time in quite a long time, jumped on a Zoom call, got to fire some questions. And I, I asked about Giannis and to Darvin Ham, Giannis, about Giannis and uh, the willingness he has to, to move the ball and facilitate and trust in lineups that perhaps he's never played with before. And he kind of joked about it and said, you know, Giannis is a point guard. This is a, a long-standing argument I've had with Bud, and this he did say this was prior to Drew Holiday, but he was laughing yeah. and saying Giannis is the point guard. So yes, you can have Giannis basically playing as the point guard. We know Chris Middleton can handle handle the ball a little bit, but outside of that, in terms of guards that you may call a, a guy that can facilitate or or bring the ball up the floor, it was really Langston Galloway, and I am not going to criticize Langston Galloway. Let me just so that, tell you that right now. These guys that come into a team and they're expected to just know what to do and where to be and how guys play. It's impossible for me. It's an unfair situation for him. I'm sure he's happy for the opportunity, but I can't sit here and criticize Langston Galloway, who's had to come in off the off the Brooklyn Nets and play major minutes for this team because of the situation. 
Yeah, I saw a little bit of, I wouldn't even necessarily say it was Langston slander, but a little bit of criticism of like, why is he taking some of these shots? Like, hey, what do you expect? Like, yeah. this guy literally just joined the team hours ago. And, you know, it's also, it's almost like a G League spot for Langston Galloway, where I think that was one of the knocks on the G League early in its inception was you just had a lot of chuckers that were looking to stand out. And for Langston Galloway, I mean, he wants to find another 10 day deal and it's probably not going to be here. It's going to be elsewhere. So he's got to take some of those shots and get some of those looks to stand out. So it is what it is that you you're both using each other for something that he needs to get to the next spot and you just need a guard to play in the backcourt for you. So he did play 16 minutes in this game against Charlotte. He was over five. Um, okay. You know, I, when you talk about some of the shot selection, I always think back to the conversations Bucks, the coaching staff have been public about that they've had with guys like Justin Robertson and, and Javante Smart when he's had an opportunity to play. And they say every time they have to have a conversation with these guys, shoot the ball. Don't hesitate. Be willing to shoot it. So I, I know it's it's kind of this weird situation where you're like, oh my God, Langston Galloway, maybe, maybe there's someone else that could get a better shot. But again, you're not going to hear any criticism from me about Langston Galloway. I want to talk about Giannis, but i tell you what else I'm not going to criticize, and that's Built Bar, because it is a new year, and if you are looking for the perfect snack, the perfect treat, hey, what about the perfect gift? Then Built Bar is definitely uh, the gift for you or the purchase you need to make. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, better in my opinion. But Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to that New Year's resolution because it tastes so good. You'll just want to keep eating them. You want to keep ordering them. Justin, you know this. You've been on the end of a, of a beautiful order of Bill Bars when you get that box. How would you describe the feeling when you get that box on your table? Oh, euphoria. As soon as you open it up and you forget what you ordered and see like, oh, man, I ordered this much. Great. Exactly right. That's the perfect way to describe uh, the emotions with Bill Bar. And we've got a deal for you guys. If you haven't tried it yet, and you've been listening to this podcast for the years that I've been doing it and hyping up Built Bar, it's time to get on board. It's time to do it. And let us know when you do it, by the way. The, the Lockdown Bucks listeners, they're letting me know. They're on Twitter. They're on YouTube. It's it's great times. Just use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order at Built.com. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I have to remind you guys about the Locked On Now podcast, which is a collection of the Locked On uh, fantasy podcast hosts. We do a little recap after each game. So if you're in the car in the morning, you've got a little bit of extra time. After you've listened to Locked On Bucks, you can zip around the league and find out everything that happened the night before, which would be pretty awesome. And as we're recording this right now, uh, Chase Center in San Francisco is going absolutely bonkers. Clay Thompson's out on the floor. He's throwing down one-handed hammers. He's looking insanely athletic. For a guy coming off an Achilles tear and an ACL tear, um, pretty fun. I, I know that there's still some going back a few years ago, and I think this was at the peak of Golden State Warriors. Uh, I guess uh, what do you want to call it? Fatigue from all their success. There was still some, I think, agitation from Bucks fans towards Clay Thompson for you know not wanting to play Milwaukee or whatever. You know, going back right. a, a long way ago. He's got a pretty high approval rating right now, I would say, Clay Thompson. This guy is, first of all, just straight up hilarious. Uh, but I think people want to see him have success and come back healthy, and he looks pretty damn good. He does, and uh, I don't think it's any coincidence, too, that you know Steph Curry had been going through a little bit of a slump, and all of a sudden Steph Curry tonight looks pretty good again to have Clay Thompson uh, back with him. But I always kind of felt, too, like 
Uh, Clay was the more Teflon of the duo that Steph Curry, there was a lot of Steph fatigue for has he revolutionized the game and people just getting tired of whenever somebody excels at that level, we've, yeah, right. we're going to see it with Giannis um, that I feel like people kind of, eh, all right, enough Steph, but Clay Thompson has always been the toughest guy to find anything negative to say about his play on the court and just his personality off the court as well, where NBA TV was playing back a lot of uh, their Clay interviews from the past earlier today. And it, it is impossible not to like Clay Thompson. I think that's right. And I definitely like the off-court stuff, any of the videos where he's on a boat or just doing absolutely a, <laughs> just ridiculous stuff. I mean, it's just absolutely hilarious to me. But you mentioned Giannis fatigue. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to get Giannis fatigue, by the way. But he had 43 points in this game. And I mentioned it to you. I was working another job when this game was live. I came home and I watched it on a little bit of a delay. And I had I didn't want to see the scores, but I'd already seen the score. So I, I knew what I was walking into Although after watching the first quarter, I was thinking, geez, things must have got rough here and, and they clearly did. But again, if you want to talk about the big three and Bobby Portis right now is in the big three, those guys delivered. I mean, they had 89 points between Bobby Portis, Chris Middleton and Giannis. You got really nothing nothing off the bench, only the five points uh, to Mamu there, Rodney Hood, Galloway and Shemi Ojale. The struggles continue for Shemi Ojale, it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, but those big three players delivered. Giannis had 43 points, but I got to the halfway mark of the fourth quarter, Giannis checked out of the game with 25 points. And I was thinking that I was going crazy. I was like, did I see something wrong here that Giannis has got 43 points? How does this happen? This was game six, like 18 for 20 from the free throw line. He went back, he knocked it down. The result, not quite the same. Yeah, um, and I would take it a step further too. It wasn't just the bench. I mean, they everything came from Giannis, Bobby, yes, and Chris, yes. that I think they scored 89 of their 106. And yes. I know I, I looked at it last night on the post-game show that I think as a team, they were under 40% and just above 30% from three. But I think when you take Giannis, Chris, and Bobby out of the mix, they were around 20% from the field and like 15% on their three. So it was just brutal all across the board. Um, but, I mean, these we've seen more encouraging signs – you just kind of pinpoint things throughout the season and you know, it's, it's small sample size theater, but you can look at it and say, okay, Friday night, what they did to Brooklyn shorthanded and you didn't have bud and you didn't have a backcourt, but they still looked like, Hey, this is the team to beat in all of the NBA, at least the Eastern conference. So that's one thing you pull uh, the game against Charlotte game one, Giannis, again, there's no answer for him for the Hornets. And, and it's probably not a great comp given other than Plumley, there's no bigs on that team. But there's no answer for defending him. And, and we saw more of Giannis just leaning into playing as a big man. But the free throws as well, for how much we can point to the negative in years past and say, man, he's got to hit the free throws. Well, he's doing it. That I, It dawned on me last night during that stretch where um, the majority of those points that he scored came at the free throw line. It just dawned on you of you know what it, it's it's not even a, a a conversation anymore about man I'm worried about Giannis going to the free throw line uh, he went eight 17 of 18 in the second half at the free throw line and 10 of 11 in the fourth quarter and it's not like it came in garbage time I mean a lot of those that he was hitting were when the Hornets just said okay screw it we're just going to follow Giannis and some of them were questionable calls as they would say but the Hornets were basically saying all right let's just put this guy at the line and make him earn it. And and that was all the offense the Bucs were getting in the fourth quarter. 
Well, there was nothing revolutionary in this comment from Stephen Bardo on the call, but I just think it's it's worth re-emphasizing again. Uh, he a couple of times mentioned the fact that it's a difficult job for the officials because every single time he goes down into the paint, he's getting fouled. And when you're watching these games, you know, Giannis had 23 throws last night. I'm sure if you talk to Charlotte Hornets fans, they would be frustrated by that. But he plays with such physicality that the fouls are always going to come. And then you kind of just like, okay, well, how many calls are the officials willing to make? They were pretty obvious last night. Um, so yeah. they did make them. What is his? Have you got it in front of you? I, I, don't, I don't know why I'm just throwing you under the bus here, but what's his, what's his free throw percentage on the season? Free throw? percentage on the season uh hang on I'll, I'll bring it up but also i mean he took 20 and the hornets as a team had what i think 18 or 17 attempts but it was kind of the same story too where he took 20 free throws and the bucks as a team took 26 and i think chris took five so yeah. it was basically just that duo uh doing everything he's up to 70 percent this year so i i think we all kind of pointed to man if he could get to 70 percent or even 75 percent great and he's consistently done that since the what second round of the playoffs last year yeah you would the 75 would be the the promised land i feel like yeah i mean i I don't think he's ever getting to to 80 but again as you kind of pointed to i mean this game against charlotte maybe not the greatest stakes of all time but i think when you see a guy do what he did in the postseason it's like okay maybe there's going to be a night where he has an off night from the free throw line but ultimately i think doing it when he did it that it led to a championship that I don't think you can, uh, I, I don't think you can doubt him anymore. Is, is, yeah. Is and I, I think the most important thing is at the very least, you're not going to see an opponent just say, okay, we're following him and we're putting him at the line every single time, which a year ago leading into the playoffs, we thought that's what you were going to see. And then he did that and he's been more consistent. So it's not like it's going to be hack a shack for, for Giannis going forward. So that to me is, the best thing to come from this because it allows you to get into your offense and set things up and not have to worry about, do we have to take them off the floor or, you know, are we going to have to play this catch up game because we're constantly just going to the free throw line? What do you think about, and this is happening almost once a game. And I kind of just wonder where it's heading because we watched this last year when it came to the 10 second call, nothing about it all year. Then all of a sudden the playoffs teams want to have a cry about it. We've seen it almost nightly now where the official will try and pass Giannis the ball and he'll be like, I am not taking this ball right now. You pass me the ball when I want it. And for all the talk of him speeding up his free throw routine, let's be real, it's not really any shorter. I, I um, When I watch on League Pass, particularly on a night like yesterday where you can skip forward 10 seconds at a time. So if I'm watching on replay and I see Giannis at the free throw line, I'm like, okay, I'm skipping 10 seconds forward. You need to skip it almost twice to get through each free throw. I mean, he's taking still 15 seconds around there by the time he does his fake free throw. I, I wonder if teams... I, I'm anticipating that we're going to hear about this again the longer the season goes and, and certainly during the postseason. Yeah, I'm anticipating we're going to hear some type of language about when the routine actually starts leading into the playoffs and that it's not from the moment you get the ball, like you have to get it within this many seconds. And I do feel like it was a little bit of gamesmanship by Bud too when when Jim asked uh, of the Journal Sentinel a couple of games ago about we had seen this start to bubble up a couple of times where the referee gives him the ball, he's not ready for it and gives it back to the official and and Bud just – I don't know what you're talking about that. I feel like it's a little gamesmanship of, yeah, let's not call attention to this. And hopefully nobody else does, but yeah, I mean, Giannis, the only thing that's been sped up is he's taking fewer dribbles. If we count the time he starts, 
his you know fake free throw to getting the ball and shooting it, it's the same, if not longer, than it was last year. But that seems to be the loophole of okay, give me you know eight seconds before you give me the ball, and then I'm ready to go. Yes, I, I think that that's accurate. Uh, I would bet that it's going to come up though, uh, like I mentioned. But if you are interested in betting, you should go to betonline.ag because uh, they would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we enter uh, January here. Uh, you know, we'll be at the All Star break before we know it, but for now. Bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. There's a new year, which means there's a new updated desktop and mobile website. You can sign up today. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit uh, for any sport: football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, whatever it is. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. So the last play here, and if you're a, I don't want to say a long-term Bucks fan, if you're a, a medium-term Bucks fan, then you're no stranger to Terry Rozier uh, hitting big shots and having big games. And we haven't broke down this game you know, too seriously, but he did knock down the dagger three, let's just say that. And look, it looked unlikely that the Bucks were going to get into this game anyway, but Terry Rozier had 28 points, four rebounds, four assists, two steals. And I think it's difficult for the Bucs to defend these real point of attack point guards and ball handlers right now, just when you look at the personnel that are that are typically defending them, because I think we've been pretty fortunate with guys like Dante and even Grayson, who is, is come in and understands the scheme and for the most part does a decent job, at least uh, being competitive uh, on that end. And obviously Drew Holiday, these guys there. This wasn't the case. And it was Bobby Portis and Wesley Matthews that were put into a little bit of screen action at the top of the key. Darvin Ham said something interesting after the game, and I always find it fascinating when you have a coach step in because they can reveal a little more. bit more right. than you would typically get from Bud. And I think the terminology he said was no screen, no scheme. Yeah. Um, so essentially what he means on that play is that uh, if you watch, go back and, and watch the play, LaMelo Ball's got, has the ball in his hands. Terry Rosier looks like he's going to set a screen. And I watched it in slow-mo to just see how quickly this happens. And this is how good these guys are and how perfect they have to be defensively. But there was just a, a split second of hesitation from Wesley Matthews. Terry Rozier just kept running through. Bobby Portis thought that he was going to stay guarding the Molo ball. And it yeah. was basically at the time when Rozier was in line with Bobby Portis. So he he uh, faked the screen. And Lamello was already making the move to get the ball out of his hands. That's how quick this action happens. All of a sudden, he gets a wide open three and knocks it down. But an unfortunate breakdown. Yeah, I um, I took it a little as when you watch it in real time, it kind of seemed like they wanted to to kind of just flare out there on Lamello and not kind of reject the screen. But they didn't want Bobby Portis to be left on Lamello ball. And there was a little bit of... I wouldn't even say confusion. It was just hesitation between Bobby and Wes. And as you pointed to him, and all it takes is half a second, and that's going to create a lot of um, space and openness in the NBA. And that's that's what we saw from uh, Terry Rozier. So overall from the game, I mean, to your point too about uh, getting somebody, not even an assistant, but just somebody that isn't Bud, that's as tight-lipped as Bud has been known to be here. And, you know, for these three games, hearing Darvin Ham before and after each game and hearing some of the things of, that's interesting. I don't think we would have gotten that much context from Bud. Um, even before the game, he was talking about, 
we had a new strategy up our sleeve for tonight. I'm not going to reveal what it is yet, but it has to do a lot with positionless basketball that all these things you hear like, man, this is not that I'm saying I don't want Bud here anymore, but this is a breath of fresh air to have Darvin Ham giving us this, this much of a peek behind the curtain. And you wonder what Darvin Ham would be like going forward then, especially after this road trip, that it seems like we learned a lot more stuff in this game, especially that, uh, you know, we talked about guys coming out of protocols. We don't know if Bud is out of protocols yet, but if he is not, I'd be curious to see if Darvin Ham tells us less in the coming days. Cause he also told us before the game, he has remained in close contact with Bud through text and that may or may not have gotten texts from Bud during the game as well. Yeah, I mentioned this. I think I commented to one of Zora's tweets and I said, is there any chance, do you think we're getting any closer to potentially having like a plasma screen on wheels on the sideline and Bud <laughs> and Bud is still coaching from the protocols? You, just got, I, one of, you got one assistant that's responsible for just pushing it down the sidelines yeah. to give him a better view. Exactly right. And I, I think it must be, I did laugh about this when I thought about it. Just, and again, like hopefully he's feeling well enough to be watching these games and be fully locked in, but... I was wondering and trying to picture what Bud is like watching these games at home. If he's just like losing the plot or he's able to to sit back and watch or he's furious. I don't know. I don't know how he would handle that. Or he's just, you know, catching up on, uh, I'm catching up on Netflix or I'm watching the Beatles get back. And, you know, Darvin, you got this. I'll watch the film after the game. I would love it if he comes back and says that he didn't even watch the games live. But <laughs> I think that that's absolutely impossible. And I should say, we you know, knew that Darvin Ham was an incredibly well-liked member of the organization. And you see it if you're a fan and you get to the game early enough and you see the warm-ups and that type of thing. The, the he's, he's constantly smiling. He's constantly laughing. The players absolutely love this guy. I thought the clip of him, obviously, in the locker room after the Brooklyn game was incredible. Uh, it's hard not to love this guy. And the Bucks have been very fortunate that he's hung around the last couple of years, I think he's a massive part of the culture and the type of guys that yeah. they've got into the locker room. But geez, it would be fun to see him get a job somewhere and monitor how quickly he uh, moves into the, okay, I'm a head coach now. I'm not going to say too much. Um, yeah, and I, uh, I'm i stunned that he hasn't gotten a head job somewhere by now that I think two years ago is when it really started to pick up steam. And you thought there's a good chance he'd be gone this past off season. I thought it was a foregone conclusion. Someone was going to hire him now after this and just seeing Darvin ham. I mean, just, you know, when we got a chance to, to be in the same room with him in the pregame and, and on the zoom for road games for post game too. I mean, he just looks like he belongs when he's sitting there at the table. He looks like a head coach. He talks and sounds like a head coach that, you know, he said before the, the Raptors game, I'm not out here trying to prove myself. I know I can coach at this level. I'm just out here to to keep the bus moving in the right direction here. And and just watching, you know, this these three games and Darvin as the man on the sidelines and how Dar Darvin interacts with the players and the media. I mean, I know I said I was stunned he didn't find a job elsewhere, but I would be floored if Darvin Am is not a head coach in the league this upcoming offseason. Uh, you hate to lose him, but, I mean, good for him. It's been a long time coming, as I think a lot of people forgot. He was one of the OG coaches in the D-League before it was called the G-League. So he's got a wealth of experience. And as you said, I mean, everywhere he's been, players just love the guy. All right. 
Well, we've got another Bucks and Hornets game coming up here. 6 p.m. tip. Uh, Milwaukee, like many of the teams across the league, just trying to hang in there now and pick up wins. We'll see. Again, I'm not suspecting that Pat's going to play. I know Dante's not on the injury list, but I'm kind of just curious to see. Suspicious of that, too, just for the, are you going to fly him out for one game? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure how all this is going to play out, but we'll see who's available for this game. 6 p.m., as I said. Uh, If you're looking for something to do before the game, you can check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. They'll have you covered there. Uh, Again, I said this the other day, and obviously circumstances have changed this, but Charlotte is a team that has given the Bucs some troubles. So we'll see whether they can pick up a win here. We remember the game earlier in the season. It took until the very last possession or last shot. Giannis had the game winner there. So, uh, you know, James Borrego, another one of these guys. It it took until the actual last shot of Miles Bridges' bank three not going in for the Bucs to win it. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about the half-court heave as well. One of the more ridiculous endings. But James Borrego, he knows Bud. He knows they've probably got some similar... Uh, coaching styles there as well. Uh, all these guys that have come from San Antonio, basically every coach in the league, it feels like. But we'll see. We'll be back post game. I'll drag Frank on. Justin, what do you got? What do you got? I can see no, you're about. I was going to say, you know, one last thing. Uh, we should say the same about Charles Lee as well. That he's another guy that it seems like his time is going to come very, very soon. And I know Charles Lee is out in the protocols as well. But it sounds like a few of the players said he's doing well. But I mean, just look at the coaching tree of Bud. For those two guys, a chance that they could be head coaches this offseason. They both interviewed for head coaching jobs. What Bud has done in Milwaukee, what Taylor Jenkins is doing in Memphis with the Grizzlies. I mean, it's, oh, by the way, this is one of the more potentially one of the more successful trees we've seen. Yep. Glad you mentioned Taylor Jenkins. The Grizzlies are flying as well. So anyway, we'll be back. Frank will be back tomorrow. I'll drag him on the postgame pod. We'll break down Bucks and Hornets and move through, through the week. Camille, obviously, will be on the show a little bit later as well so we're going to figure it all out through the week on locked on box thanks for joining us again if you haven't subscribed to youtube you should you should do that we're very close to 2k subscribers so get us over the line uh this week and we'll thank you for that but for now we'll catch you guys after the game tomorrow